This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com technews. That's ShipStation.com technews. It's several decades late and several billion dollars short, but it's time to get miserable about the COP28 declaration. More on that in moments, but before we get into it, you might have an idea of which smartphone you want to buy next. But there are more options than ever before that are solid. Plenty of companies are making stellar handsets nowadays at similar prices, all with comparable feature sets. That said, the choice isn't always cut and dry. If you know you want an iPhone, your decision-making process is a bit easier. If you're an Android person, you have even more options to choose from and more questions to answer before you spend any money. At Engadget, we review smartphones regularly and have tested dozens over the years. Whether you've had your eye on the latest iPhone or Google's new Pixel handsets are intriguing to you, we're here to help you decide which is the best smartphone for your needs. Find our list of the best smartphones of 2024 at Engadget.com. And gaming laptops have been some of the most intriguing portable PCs for the past few years. As with most of the best laptops available now, they've gotten thinner and lighter, but they've also become vastly more powerful and efficient thanks to advanced CPUs and GPUs. They've also adopted some bold innovations like rotating hinges and near desktop-like customizability. Gaming laptops are where PC makers can get adventurous. We've tested a bunch of gaming laptops over the years, including many of the most recent releases, and right now at Engadget.com, we'll help you figure out which is the best gaming laptop for you. Best of all, there are options for every budget. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The UN has set out a pathway to avoiding the very worst effects of climate change. Earlier this week, delegates from around the world ratified a document setting out what we need to do and when. Even better, the text finally ended the decades-long omerta of never talking about the impact fossil fuels have had on our environment. It's a landmark moment in history and one that means we can have hope for the future of humanity. Unless, that is, you spend any time examining the substance of the deal to see if the expectations meet the reality. Because then, you'll see that while it's not all doom and gloom, it's certainly not the bold action we really need. All of this took place at the Conference of the Parties, COP, an annual UN-backed conference to build international consensus on climate change. Delegates from all UN member states, as well as bodies like the EU, all met at a host city for two weeks to speed run something that looks a lot like a treaty. 
The 28th such event was hosted in Dubai, which attracted plenty of criticism given the Emirates' fossil fuel wealth. Its president was Sultan Al-Jaber, UAE Minister of Industry and uh, the head of the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. The perception that the event would be a fossil fuel industry stitch-up wasn't helped when BBC News reported the UAE secretly planned to use the event to strike new oil and gas deals. Or that Al-Jaber was quoted by The Guardian, saying there was no science supporting the idea that a phase-out of fossil fuels was necessary to prevent further warming. He later said his comment had been taken out of context and that he supported work to reduce fossil fuel use. For all the light and heat around COP, it's not as powerful as you might think or hope, since there is no real enforcement mechanism. The parties should negotiate in good faith, but if nations don't actually follow through on their promises, there's no mechanism to address it. Diplomacy is a delicate art, especially with so many moving pieces, so maybe we should all learn to appreciate the subtleties. That's the positive case. The negative one being that COP28 has been more theater than politics. And Rasmussen, representing the Alliance of Small Island States, pointed out her group wasn't even in the room when the declaration was ratified. Ironic, given that the event was dubbed as the most inclusive COP to date, ensuring all voices could participate in the process. During the plenary, Rasmussen said the text, approved in her absence, doesn't go far enough in several ways and carries a litany of loopholes for wealthy nations to delay or avoid their responsibilities. The text opens with a long introductory section, admitting that humanity as a whole hasn't been doing a good enough job. It admits humans are responsible for raising the Earth's temperature by at least 1.1 degrees Celsius, and we're on the hook to fix it. And the 1.5 degrees Celsius limit agreed in Paris in 2015 isn't going to happen unless we really start putting the work in right now. It adds that while the technology is there, we haven't made enough use of it and that plenty of small island nations and countries in the developing world will bear the brunt of our inaction. One of the biggest pledges in the document is to triple renewable energy generation capacity by 2030. Data from the International Renewable Energy Agency says that in 2022, that figure stood at 3,371,793 megawatts. So we've got six years or so to manufacture and build 6,743,586 megawatts of renewable energy from wind turbines, solar panels, nuclear and the rest. Simple, right? Not so much. Not to denigrate the work that's already been going on, but we're nowhere near that level. Between 2021 and 2022, the world got a little under 300,000 megawatts of new renewable generation up and running. To lay even one finger on the target COP28 has set down, the world needs to be averaging closer to 1.2 million megawatts every single year. But, and here's the thing, these figures don't actually feature in the ratified version of the text at all. I've done the math from the 2022 figures because that seems relevant, but the text itself has no baseline or any frame of reference at all. It's conceivable a bad actor could say they've tripled domestic renewables work from an earlier date or start their count from zero. Dr. Phil Williamson, Honorary Associate Professor in Environmental Science at the University at East Anglia, said that COP28's declaration represents modest political process, recognizing what has been scientifically obvious for at least 30 years. 
And it's this point that probably needs highlighting, given how many very serious people will likely hail COP28 as a landmark. Yes, it's a massive achievement to finally mention that fossil fuels are the reason we're in this mess, but the fact it's taken so long for us to even be confident enough talking about the problem means we now have almost no time to do the work to get us out of it. Thanks for listening to the show. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Today's show featured journalism by gadget contributor Daniel Cooper and was produced by Spoken Layer. I'm Imran Sheikh, and we'll talk more tomorrow. Spoken Layer. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.